welcome. <laughs> welcome everybody to Conversations with Munmili Meditators. Today is a very special day. We are here with Ambassador Marisa Ferreira. Thank you so much for joining us. You are all the way from Colombia. Yes, yes. Colombia, South America, not in the U.S. Amazing, amazing. I know I'm here in the snow still. Things are starting to melt some a little bit. Um, envious of your vibration of all the warmth right now. Yeah, yeah. No, it is nice here. I'm just going to introduce Marissa. She is a number one best-selling author of Magnify Your Magnificence. Magnificence, your pathway to the life and relationships you truly desire. Her passion and mission is to empower conscious individuals who struggle with conflict and family conflict and drama in family relationships to create healthy, loving boundaries so they can stand in their power and authentically express themselves. She shows them how to transform conflict into opportunities to heal and create deeper and more meaningful relationships. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to dive into this. It's been a very interesting year that we have all been in. And so I'm assuming that there has been a lot of shifts in family dynamic dynamics that you've probably seen. And I think we all know and are feeling into right now globally. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with families that are more confined and spending more time together than normal. Uh, and also those that are, you know, are spending less time with extended family because they can't visit one another. So it's definitely having an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so before we dive into all this juiciness, of course, I want to ask you what inspired you to join the movement of One Million Meditators? Well, that's a great question. And the reason I joined is because actually the founder, Anita Morrow, is a good friend of mine. And when she told me about her mission and her vision of bringing together a million meditators from around the world to meditate together. I was very excited about it because I know from my personal experience, the power of meditating even by myself, but I also know even with the research that's been done in many studies that when you bring groups of people together to meditate on a, uh, the same topic or a common theme, an intention, a focused intention, uh, miracles happen. And so I knew right away that I, I wanted to be a part of it. So I've been a part of it since the very first uh, global event. Yeah, that's what I thought. You were one of the original ones too. So that's really, really exciting. I absolutely, I love it. I love it. Um, so, so let's dive into this conversation a little bit more about um, this dynamic of family and relationships, and you know, even a little bit about uh, time meditation into that. You know, that's something that I came across a few years ago with my own my own kids and wanting to introduce it to them and. Not that we're like super experts and you know perfect at it, but you know we do incorporate it in, and I find it works really, really well with them in certain um, circumstances and scenarios. Like I, I'm trying to make it like you know their regular practice, where they're like, "Hey, mom, I just do this," <laughs> and they do sometimes. Sure, um, sure. But but it's been it's been interesting. So yeah, um, what what what's your experience? I guess with with, with that and bringing in, I I guess I want to dive into a little bit more of how you kind of got started into this work. Um, so maybe we should start there. <laughs> Because I'm okay. like, I have, I have so many questions I want to ask you right now. And I'm sure, <laughs> sure. Well, that's a question a lot of people ask me. And it, it's a great question because, you know, the passion that I have for supporting people with their family relationships comes from my own uh, personal past. I, I grew up in an emotionally and physically abusive environment. So it was a very traumatic childhood. And I was really afraid of my father. I shut down at a very early age. I learned that it was safer to be invisible. 
And so I really didn't have any self-confidence or self-esteem. And I really uh, had difficulty with relationships as a result of that because I was afraid of being hurt. And so, you know, come, coming full circle, you know, over the years, I've been around for a while now and just taking lots of time to do some of my own inner healing work and learning uh, what, about my past and what was really going on and, and understanding it from a different perspective and coming to that place of forgiveness um, and really recreating a relationship with my father that went from one of, you know, being terrorized by him and, and, and not wanting to be around him to really coming to a deep love for him uh, to the point where I was able from a place of love uh, be one of his primary caregivers in the last two months of his life. And that really meant a lot to me. And I knew that if I hadn't done the work that I did, I would probably have still been a caregiver, but it would not have been from that place of love and, and wanting to. It would have been from that place of feeling obligated and feeling like, you know, it's because uh, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, good daughters do that kind of thing. So now and, and just meeting, you know, with my friends and family along the way. So many people have challenges with relationships. And I've really come to learn and understand how to create relationships that can be really deep and very meaningful and with a lot less conflict and drama. And, and just knowing how to deal with that kind of stuff when it does come up. And so I want everyone to be able to experience that same kind of peace and joy. I absolutely love that. And I, I really love that you mentioned that because it really goes to show that, you know, you have time in this world to change and shift and, you know, really create new dynamics and transform relationships, even if it's coming maybe from a place that was a bit dark and um, really taking those things and, and finding the light within them and shifting it a bit. So um, I think that's really beautiful that you said that. So where would you say... Um, for people that are maybe experiencing something like that in their life. Um, because, you know, we hear this all the time about family dynamics. You know, Christmas, I'm just going to say this example, comes along and suddenly everybody's like, oh, man, it's <laughs> family true. drama. What What do we do now? So why is that? What, what, why is that 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 happens? Well, yeah, it's interesting because even people that have done a lot of work on themselves, um, and, and feel like they've really come a long way in healing from their past and whatever happened in their childhood. Um, you know, when they do get together at these family gatherings, all their stuff starts to come up and, and they realize there's still more work to be done. And the reason is because when we're away from our family, even when we've done some of the work, um, it's not the same. When we go back into that family environment, we almost become like we were when we were a child. We go back into the roles that we used to play. And so the drama continues until we become more aware of that. And then we know how to deal with it in a way that is more empowering and to be able to stand in our power when things are happening. And so our family dynamics are really important. Um, understanding what role you played in the past and then wanting, like deciding, is this the role I wanna to continue to play? Like for example, my role in my past was the peacekeeper. I mean, I, I was not the, the, the instigator, you know, my, one of my sisters was the rebel, right? And, and so we all had our roles to play and I was the peacekeeper. And so that's the role I, I played for many, many years. And so I didn't speak up. I never spoke up about how I felt about anything because I just wanted to keep the peace. And so when I learned that that was my role, then I was in a position where I could make a conscious decision about 
do I want to continue with that role? Or am I going to stand up and assert myself, but from a loving place? And so that's what I started to do. And, and it's not easy because your family, when, when you start to change your role, your family isn't going to like it. And so it's really important to be strong within yourself and to know who you are and to have healed some of the past wounds before you start changing that role so that you can continue to stand in your power even when they object to how you're showing up in a different way. Mm, yeah, and I think that is a really interesting dynamic for a lot of people. As you say, they may go through you know, even a life experience or things come up and, and, you know, they do some healing and they do some of that work and then they've shifted. And then when they come back to the, the family dynamic, everybody thinks that they're the same person that they once were and they're kind of not meeting in, in that same place anymore. And mm -hmm. it becomes a bit uncomfortable because sure. it's like almost like you're meeting a new or different person and you're like, well, where did you go? Who are you? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I often yeah. use the analogy of it's kind of like you have a dance, you know, with your family. And when you start to change the dance, you start stepping on each other's toes and, and it, it can hurt. They might, they want you to go back to, to the old dance, the one they're familiar with, but there are ways that you can, you know, smoothen it out. And, and one of the things I suggest with my clients is to, to communicate your, decision to shift your role before you start shifting it so that it's not like a, a surprise to your family like all of a sudden you're showing up differently and they're like who are you or who do you think you are right they can really confront you and, and make you wrong for showing up differently but to be able to just um, arrange a time to speak like if there's a particular family member usually there's one that you have more difficulty with than another so just um, arranging a time to speak with them and having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, just saying, hey, you know, like my relationship with you is really important to me. And I've noticed that, you know, every time we get together or when we're the families together, you and I just, you know, things just clash. And I really don't want it to be that way. I'd love for us to be able to get along better. So oftentimes if we start by asking the other person what they need and want, it opens the door for us to be able to express our needs and wants. And it doesn't mean we have to give them everything they ask for either, because that would not be honoring your own boundaries, right? That's where boundaries come in. But to give them an opportunity to say, well, this works for me or this doesn't, or, you know, when th these things happen, I feel this way and I feel that way. And then just letting the person express and being able to receive whatever they have to say with a loving and compassionate heart. And the difficulty with that, if you haven't done some of your own inner work first, is that when they start to share things with you, many times it'll come across as they're being critical and judgmental. And so it can cause a reaction within us. And it's like, well, what do you mean I'm this or that? That's not true. And we start to defend ourselves. And then things just get really heated. But when we've done enough work on ourselves, we recognize that whatever they say has nothing to do with us. It's their own perceptions and projections. And so we can receive it from that place and recognize that whatever they're saying, it's not about you. It's not about me. And it's, you know, me having that conversation. And so I can be more loving and gentle and compassionate when I think, wow, what's going on with them that they're feeling that way? that they're, they're expressing themselves that way. And so you can dig deeper with that person. And, and it's okay to apologize to somebody, even if you know, they're saying something and it, it wasn't, it's not about fault. You know, a lot of people think when you say, I'm sorry, it means like you're taking blame. And I like to tell people to just forget about the blame game because nobody's to blame for anything. But if you can say, you know, I'm really sorry you feel that way, that was never my intention. 
And then you open up a new door for, for more open and loving communication to happen. But when we go into defense, then they're just going to defend back. It just becomes attack, defense, attack, defense. And it, it just doesn't go very well at all. So just by leading by example of being a really good listener and listening with, like I said, a loving and compassionate heart, then they're going to be more able to do that for you. Uh, when you start to express yourself, and you can say, well, you know, is there any and make sure they're finished first, though, right? Let them empty their cup before you start to fill it. Keep saying, is there anything else? Is there anything else? And when they're complete, thank them for being honest and authentic with you because that's what we we all want. We want to be able to express ourselves authentically without the fear of being attacked or judged or or abandoned, rejected, right? Those are some huge fears that people have in really standing up and, and speaking up. And, and those things can happen if you're not really prepared in a way that can smooth smooth the conversation instead of creating more conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and there's that dynamic, too, of our, our old programs and our old patterns. And, and when things come up and, and, and maybe we get triggered, it can take us back into that emotional state, like right there, like as if it was just happening. And so you you feel that flood. And and one of the things I know you were talking about was that um, response in, in, in how we respond and how we versus react to situations. What's mm -hmm. something that um, you would share with uh, somebody to, to utilize. I mean, I always, you know, go to the breath and stuff like that with, yes. with things like that. But what, what, what's something that you would share with a family or in, in a dynamic with a situation like that to use as a tool? When you feel that you've been triggered? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're yeah. right. When, when we've been triggered, what's happened is um, a situation or a comment that somebody has said has reactivated an unhealed wound. And so we are, like you said, reacting from that place as if it's happening again. And so the most important thing is to take responsibility for that and to recognize that your reaction is yours. It's not because of what the person said or did. And, and again, that's blaming, right? That's saying, well, if, and it's easy to do that because we, and I would, used to do that all the time. And sometimes I still go there because, you know, I have to practice using my own tools, but it's so much easier when somebody says something that kind of activates a trigger within us and activates that wound for us to say, well, if you didn't say that, I wouldn't be upset. Or if you didn't do that, I wouldn't be upset. So we think it's the other person, but the truth is, we still wouldn't be upset if the upset kind of lives within us because some people, why is it that some people react to certain things and others don't right to the same situation? It has to do with whether or not they have a wound there because if somebody were to say something to me, like in the past, I, I had a lot of issues um, feeling that I was stupid. I mean, I just did not feel very smart for many reasons, my upbringing, so anytime somebody would say anything that would bring up that feeling of you think I'm stupid, I would react and get angry. Well, they didn't even think I was stupid. That was my own stuff, right? So we attach meaning to our experiences and that's what creates a lot of the pain and the suffering is the meaning that we've attached to our past experiences. So when we notice that we're triggered, if we can take a moment, like you said, to just stop and take a breath, and then acknowledge the trigger and say, wow, I, I've been triggered and take responsibility for it, even in front of whoever you're with. Just say, you know, I'm really sorry I, I yelled at you. I'm really, or I'm really sorry I said that. I'm, I'm realizing what's coming up for me is, and share, from, again, from your heart, from your authentic place, what is coming up? 
you can say what you just said is bringing up these feelings that I've been carrying around for years that in my case that I'm stupid. And I'm sure that's real. And even if they, they say, well, you are, right? I mean, that could happen, right? They could turn around and say, well, I do think you are. But if you start to recognize that, okay, this is an opportunity to heal. That's why I, you know, I would say, or you mentioned in my bio, you know, how I like to use conflict as opportunities to heal because I see triggers as a gift because, and our teachers, because when we're triggered, it gives us that clue. Oh, there's something inside me that is ready to be healed and to let go of it. And that's why that trigger is coming up. But if we push it back down or we defend it, it doesn't get healed and it's not gonna go away. It's just gonna keep coming up in different scenarios and different relationships, different conversations until it's healed. Because now if somebody says anything that would imply that I'm stupid, I it would just, it wouldn't face me in the least. But if it was like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would be a crumbling mess. Right. So that's why, you know, it's important to take responsibility for the trigger and talk about what's really going on for you. And, and that's where you can lead. It leads to healing. But the responsibility comes first. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's such a valid and good point, because, you know, when we when we get into this inner work and learning about things, we really find that there are those projections of what you're putting out and what you yeah. And, and finding what those wounds are, but, you know, really recognizing, like, I you know I've done that with my kids, you know, I, I'm not perfect. I've had moments before. And it is something that I do practice. I'll say like, I'm sorry, I had a moment. I didn't, you know, I love you. And I didn't mean that. And this is why this came up for me. And, and it has been a really good tool to, to work through some of those things. And then they're learning to do, you know, the same thing back because we're human and, and we, mm -hmm. things do come up and we, we can't always just you know, be the perfect little responders. <laughs> no, absolutely. Really yeah, like I said, even though I've been working with, you know, these, these, this level of awareness for many years, it doesn't mean I never get triggered because our healing happens in layers. And when we've had some really deep wounds, as many of us have, you know, when you've experienced a lot of trauma and abuse, the wounds are very deep. And so we heal them over time. And so now, at least when I am triggered, I'm able to catch myself a lot faster than I did before. I don't get, you know, dig my heels in and go into my defense as I would before. And I can move through it so much more quickly. I mean, in the past, it might have taken me days or weeks to move through a major trigger. And now it can be minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of, of once you, you, you know, step onto this path of healing is that it just impacts so many areas of your life and, and makes it a lot easier to move forward. Absolutely. I just want to take a moment and sure. say hello to Paige and Christine yes. and Hi, Anna. Paige. I see a few others. Thank you for joining us. Please drop in the comments. Say hello. Tell us where you're from. We love to hear from you all the time. Um, so I would love to ask you a little bit. Um, I'm going to kind of tie in some of this meditation because, of course, sure. uh, here at One Million Meditators, you know, we're very passionate about the power of collective meditation. Is that something that you've brought into families and into relationships as a tool to use? Because one of the things that I've found from it is it just allows that space and that time, uh, you know, to, to kind of almost recalibrate and, and reconnect uh, a little bit. Um, I, we, I've been going through this renovation and there was a few times, you know, where we ended up having dinner like on the kitchen floor because our kitchen's been out and um, my kids have gone through a couple. So it's kind of funny, but sometimes they've been a little frustrated and there's been some dinners where I've said, okay, let's just sit through this little like meditation together afterwards. And, you know, by the end of it, they're like, 
it's it just it just shifts things so much in in such a small amount of time has been my experience. So mm -hmm. I'm, this is, you know, I'm just curious. Sure. Well, the, the people that I work with are mostly um, people that have adult children, so they're not necessarily living together with their children. But I do bring the meditation in in terms of for the individual. And one of the types of meditation I introduce really early on is is around gratitude. Because when there's a lot of um, anxiety and stress around uh, family, you know, there's when, let's face it, when there's stuff happening in our families, it's it's really painful. It's really difficult when you're dealing with with family issues, um, and that can go on for years and years. And so, it's important to start, I think, with gratitude because that helps us shift our energy in the space that we're in. And so, I like to encourage people to start even with just. I do this every morning when I wake up, when my eyes open before I even get out of bed. I just lay there for a few moments and just give thanks for anything that pops in my head. It could just be for my comfortable bed that I have and my warm blankets and my comfy pillow. It doesn't have to be big things. It can be the sun's coming up. It could be anything, but just starting your day with gratitude and ending the day that way is a wonderful way to shift your energy and to be able to see things from a more positive Positive perspective and also part of the healing work um, involves some meditation in terms of looking back at you know childhood uh, wounds and, and being able to move through them in, in a loving space I think it's extremely powerful yeah absolutely um, and and one other thing that we we were touching on a little bit and I'd love for you to share with people um, you know is the topic of boundaries and what that really means in a relationship because the terminology comes up a lot and I've spoken you know I've, I work with people I've spoken to too and really understanding what that really really truly means it's not just like a, oh I have boundaries I have boundaries you know there's 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 something behind it and um, so would you just share a little bit about on sure. and why they're so important? Because as you were mentioning the adult children, I think that's um, very interesting. Of course, I've, I've grown, I've seen different family dynamics in, in other relationships that I've had, how it really shifts, you know, in that transition from childhood to adulthood and putting boundaries in place, you know, mm -hmm. as, as like you say, the relationship dynamic has changed over time. Sure. And and boundaries is, is a big thing, especially now that we were talking about earlier with, with people's family situations changing dramatically. But boundaries is really about really understanding your personal needs and wants and desires and honoring them. And it's difficult for many of us because we've been taught and conditioned, most of us since birth, that uh, our needs and wants are secondary to everybody else's and that we're supposed to put the needs of others in front of our own and if we don't we're labeled as selfish but the truth is that if we don't take care of our needs and desires first then we start to build up resentment against others we get overwhelmed we become people pleasers we some people get physically ill over it because they stretch themselves so thin by not taking care of their needs first and when you think about it i mean even on an airplane when they talk about the you know the uh, safety measures at the beginning when you're taking off what do they say about when the oxygen mask comes down they tell you to put your mask on first even before your children or your loved ones why because if you don't you might end up not being able to help either one right so the boundaries is really about first connecting with your 
reconnecting because many of us have even forgotten. I know for me, there, you know, early in my early adult life, I had no clue what my desires were, what my wants or my needs were because I was so conditioned to shut them down for fear of, you know, expressing myself that I completely lost touch with them. So for some of us, the first step is just even getting in touch with what do I want? What are my desires? What are my needs? And then learning how to honor them by saying no when others re make requests of us that cross that boundary. And so many of us have difficulty saying no because, as I mentioned, we're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of being um, sometimes abandoned, right, from, from our family and criticized and judged. But it's so important because otherwise, when we start giving and saying yes from a place of obligation, it's really not coming from your heart anyway. So the energy isn't really truly giving. And one thing I've learned from my own experience as I started learning how to say no, and you can say it in a loving way, right? And again, it all comes back to doing some healing work because it doesn't come out very nicely when sometimes people will say, that's it, I've had enough, you know, I'm not gonna let anyone, you know, walk all over me again. And they come from this really intense anger and it's like that, and they're like, no, no, no. And, and but it's coming from, from that place. It's not so nice. But when you've done the healing work and you start to respect and honor yourself and your needs, you're able to say, you know, I would love to help you out, but that's, that's just not gonna work out for me this time. You know, let me know, you know, when you when I might be able to help you later. Um, there's I mean, that's why I created the free guide on how to say no with courage, confidence and grace, because that was the biggest thing that would come up for people that I work with. It's like, well, I don't know how to how, how do you say no without causing, you know, more drama, more conflict and and things having things escalate. And there are ways that you can do that. And what I discovered was the more I started saying no, people started actually acknowledging me for that. I mean, I actually had people say to me, wow, you really know how to have healthy boundaries. They, they actually applauded it, which surprised me, right? And not everybody will, right? Especially your family. Uh, when you first start uh, saying no, they, they aren't going to like it, especially if you've always said yes up till now. But if, if you explain to them, if you let them know, you know, I've realized, I've noticed about myself that I often say yes you know, to you, if you're speaking to a particular family member, I say yes all the time. And I'm realizing that I'm, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. I'm starting to get anxious. It's starting to, you know, my stress level is going up and I'm realizing I need to take better care of myself. So I'm going to start to say no more often. And I'm sorry if you're, if you, I hope you don't take it personally, but this is something I need to do for myself. So again, communicate what's going on. Don't just start saying no. And they're like, what the heck is happening to her, right? They start communicate, tell people what's going on, let them into your world. And if anything, some of them might appreciate it. Because when we say no to others, it gives them permission to say no to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is such a good point, right? It's such a good point. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I love that you, you brought that up. Um, so but I know we're going along here. We've been talking so much. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your book um, and, and of course how we can find it. And we will put um, the comments in, or in the, the link uh, to the book in the comments below, but magnify your magnificent magnificence. I keep saying it wrong. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's, <laughs> That's like okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because the book, even the way the book, um, the book came, came through me more than written by me because, and that's a whole other 
story and conversation. But even the title, I received the title in the middle of the night once because I didn't want to try to figure it out. So it did, it did speak to me. So yeah, magnify your magnificence, your pathway to the life and relationships you truly desire. It's, it's a book that has um, several channeled messages in it, each with an exercise that helps us to integrate the teachings in the message. And it, it, the real focus is really about connecting with the truth about who we are not who we've been conditioned to believe we are. And, and I have come to recognize that, you know, we're all magnificent beings. I love the word magnificent ever since it showed up in my world. It's one of my favorite words. And, and I think it's really important for us to really reconnect with our inner truth. So it really guides us step by step on how we can really connect with that uh, inner power that we have and connect with our inner guidance so that we can be led to the life and the relationships that we really want. And because, you know, let's face it, most people struggle with with relationships. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a topic you know, that I remember learning in school. And I used to be a school teacher. And that was not a topic on the curriculum that I was supposed to teach, you know, how to how to communicate with people, how to get along, how to create relationships that are healthy for everyone involved. And so, um, yeah, so that's a, a book that if, if people are interested in, I also uh, offer a free chapter so they can get a little taste of it. And um, yeah, I can put that in the chat, I think. I don't know if I have access to the chat or I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we can make sure it's in there after. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, you kind of just touched on something there um, when you were speaking about, um, uh, oh, no, no, I totally, I totally, but it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. <laughs> so okay. it, it drew up something and I was like, oh, I got to ask you about this. Um, I have those moments. <laughs> okay. So, was it about conditioned? How we've been conditioned? No? Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. That's what it was surrounding because well, uh, we were speaking a little bit about this, um, I guess, earlier. And one of the interesting things that I've noticed, I suppose, with my children growing up is the conditioning and how things have been so different, you know, um, with technology and stuff like that. And really, um, establishing relationships. Um, it was just something that's come up recently when I was having a conversation with about somebody, you know, it's, it's, it's so different than, um, back in the day where we didn't have social media and things were mm -hmm. so quick and it really produces a lot more anxiety and stress and it doesn't um, I think establish the same type of connecting the relationship that I was watching mm -hmm. a TED talk recently and they were speaking about you know even going to meetings or children going into classrooms these days and everybody's on their phones versus like hey how are you going or how are you doing what's up how's your mom doing you know how's what happened at your hockey game last week you know that those that building relationship aspect um has shifted a lot in in our technology world so it's something that you know we really need to i think put a little bit more um mindfulness into yes. or at least um it's something i've noticed with my kids so the condition yeah, for yeah. sure for sure. And, and you see it, you know, even when you go out to a restaurant, you'll see, you know, a group of adults, not just children and four people that are at a restaurant and they're all on their, and I'm like, that's really strange. Like, why aren't they having a conversation with each other, but they're all on their phones waiting for their meal to show up. Mm -hmm. So we've lost um, that ability, many people to just real, like you said, really connect um, heart to heart. So I'm, I hope that comes back. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're trying to bring it back here. Yes. We're trying to bring it back, or at least awareness around it so that we can, right? Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that we do here each week at One Million Meditators is a love share. And, um, you know, I would love to share my love share to you, Marisa. I'm, this has just been so wonderful to finally connect with you. I oh. feel like um, 
I've seen you online <laughs> the last few years now, so it's awesome to finally do this. But I think this is such a meaningful conversation to so many people out there right now, especially with the dynamic going on globally over this last year, because it really has changed relationships, friendships, business relationships, really any type of relationship mm -hmm. that's out there has shifted so much um, mm -hmm. this last year. So I think it's really important to to just take a moment and talk about it a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's more important now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was just going to say it's important now more than ever for people to really communicate from their hearts. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have a love share that you would like to to share this week, you may go ahead. <laughs> okay. So what? Uh, tell me what a love share means again. We're just sending out extra love, extra love, big hugs, oh, whoever, well, whatever. Well, I'm, okay, I'll send out extra love and hugs to anyone out there that's uh, <laughs> struggling with any relationship, um, especially if it's a family relationship, that they really come to a place of understanding and peace uh, around it all, even if it's a relationship with a deceased loved one, that they find peace. So yeah. we are sending that out to you. Yeah. And uh, Marisa, if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and do whatever you want with it, what would you like to see? What would I like to see? Oh my goodness, I would like to see so many things, so many things. But I think what it really boils down to for me is I would love for everyone um, on this planet to feel safe, to be able to authentically express themselves and to really connect with like I said, their inner magnificence, their inner power and wisdom. Because I believe that if we really all connected with who we really are, the entire world would change. We wouldn't have any of the problems that we have because we would be recognizing ourselves in one another and we would be treating one another with such love and dignity and respect and honoring each other. We'd be honoring our planet. We'd be honoring all sentient beings, the animals, because that's who we are it would just be natural. So I think that would be my magic wand, connecting with our inner truth. I love it. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you to everybody that joined in and watched today. Um, if you have any specific questions, please post them in the comments below. And of course, we will post the links to where you can find Marisa, her book, and if you want to connect with her and learn more about what type of work that she does and how you can and, um, get connected to work with her, um, that will be there. Um, it has been such a joy talking you, to you today. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your knowledge and experience. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? I know you've given us so much, but before you go, yeah, the floor one, is yours. There, there is. There's one thing I love to leave people with, and that is that I truly believe that everybody, including ourselves, is always doing the best that they can with the tools that they have and their level of understanding. So even, you know, when people come across nasty and whatever, um, that's the best they can do. Because to me, the, if, if people are really happy on the inside, they, that's what comes out. And when that's not coming out of somebody, then, then we know that they're in a lot of pain. And so that helps me to have more compassion instead of judgment. And so that just, just that little shift in perception can really change the dynamics of, of a relationship you're struggling with as well. If you just kind of look at that person as uh, someone who's suffering, and not to condone any, you know, abusive behavior. I want to make sure that's really clear, but just to understand where it's coming from. And then that can shift how you how you respond to them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Which kind of circles back to, you yes. know, the very beginning of what we were talking about, how you can really look and change those dynamics of relationships if you're willing to put the time and the work into mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. and turn into something really beautiful. Um, you know, we have the time that we have now here and, it, you know, how we use it is so important and so valuable and can bring so much, I think, meaning into our lives. So I for sure. Very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so you're much. Welcome. For Thank you for those of you that have joined on. Um, this month, we do have our global meditation coming up at the end of March here. So stay tuned on the page and look for um, more information and details about that and how you can get involved. And if you are catching this afterwards, watching the replay, please hashtag replay. And if you're catching this on the podcast, we would love it if you would leave us a review. We always appreciate that. And Marisa, again, thank you so much. It's been such an honor. Um, My pleasure. We will be back again next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.